0: Welcome to School of Movies. Untitled Deadpool sequel.
1: What in the foxicle is this?
2: My name's Cable.
1: I'm here for the kid.
2: What? The kid?
1: Move or die. give us a chance to be better than we used to be. He needs you. You're a lot smarter than I look. (laughs) I ain't letting Cable kill this kid. But I can't do this alone.
3: Can you speak up? It's hard to hear you with that pity dick
4: in your mouth.
2: We're gonna form a super duper fucking group. We need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years. We will be known
5: as X-Force.
2: Isn't that a little derivative?
5: You're absolutely right. Now, let's go get our fuck on. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my beer, putting suckers in beer. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass Tell me they got that in slow motion. I'm gonna knock you out. Doing the right thing is
4: messy.
1: But if you want to fight for what's right, Sometimes you have to fight dirty.
2: And that is why Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is pure
1: pornography.
3: Oh God, I wish I finished college.
1: It lives up to the hype. Plus plus. Fuck it, they probably won't even make a three. Yeah, why would they?
6: Stop it, two. You killed it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With us are the returning team from Deadpool Uno and our 2016 show about it. Jason, Chewy Slate of The Manapool. Pool.
6: That's how we do it in Mother Russia.
0: Brendan Agnew of Synapse. Still need more Drowning Pool for best soundtrack. Of course. Kieran Datchler. Topstep will never die. And Jesse Ferguson. Only best pals execute pedophiles together. <laughs> <laughs> and hello to my wife, Sharon Shaw. She's waving. Do you want to say something?
3: Uh, By all means, but you're going to need to move the microphone a little closer.
0: (laughs) How about you come a little closer? Ooh. Hello. Oh, my. Okay.
3: I Uh, would give you one of Vanessa's lines, but... Vanessa's line. There's so few of them.
0: (laughs) I believe kiss me like you missed me.
3: That'll do. She says that, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you might be looking for that very show, our Deadpool show, on this feed right now, and you won't find it. Instead, search for a completely different feed, the School of Movies Archive. Subscribe there and you'll find 199 of our classic podcasts, all arranged chronologically. And enjoy that extensive back catalogue. I keep getting people saying, where's the... Uh, I got Community the other day. Where's Community? That would be on the School of Everything Else Archive. Mm-hmm. That's where you find it.
3: I had to go looking for the Die Hard show. The other
0: day. Oh yeah, that's on the School of Movies Archive.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'm going to do my thing and then we'll talk i did not love deadpool 2 like everybody else did or at least i loved it in a different way i have complex feelings about the whole experience and those are worth exploring so bear with me as this analysis goes suitably meta the synopsis of deadpool 2 runs thus John Wick is enjoying his life choice as a mercenary assassin while his wife lives in their crummy apartment. Then John Wick's terrible career path catches up on him and his wife is killed by goons. This is in opposition to the film John Wick, wherein his wife was killed by something entirely unrelated to his career and impossible to shoot, L. Cancer, which left his grieving process confused until it could be focused into the nurturing of Daisy the puppy only to again be confounded by bastards leading to nothing but rage and murder. Credits Roll directed by David Leach the uncredited director of John Wick. Rather than going on a roaring rampage of revenge, the Wolverine 2013 is trapped in sadness and grieving, wishing to die but unable to, and he regularly dreams of meeting his deceased lady, whose death he blames himself for, in a much nicer apartment with a lot of bright light that may in fact be a halfway house between heaven and earth where people who have mutant power to be immortal and have been fucked over by the Weapon X or the Kmart version of Weapon X we saw in Deadpool 1 get trapped. Old Joe from Looper beams himself back in time to pre-avenge his dead family by killing a troubled child who would later grow up to be a gangster and murderer. Deadpool Gordon-Levitt has other ideas and intercepts Old Joe. Since the established heroes disapprove of his methods, he holds auditions to recruit mystery men for his own personal team of misfit other guys and girls and girl. As with Mystery Men, their first mission doesn't go too well and a great big bowl of death gets dumped upon them.
5: Flip the switch, lady! Don't stare at me! Lift your left arm! Flip it, you moron! Whoa. You're a moron. a moron! You're a moron! Oh, oh, not switch. Flip flip That's not cool! You. I'll
0: pause for a moment to talk about this actor audition-style segment. This scene features disgraced abuser T.J. Miller, a man that while in college choked, and anally raped a girl who bravely recently blew the whistle on him. Miller helps audition Terry Cruz, a rare example of a big, tough male actor who was still preyed upon sexually and recently, regardless of his size, fame, and punching ability, by a sleazy Hollywood exec. Cruz again was brave and stepped forward to admit this humiliating experience. As this occurred, what should be piped in over the soundtrack but Nobody Speak by DJ Shadow and Killer Mike? And the principal chorus repeated multiple times in that song is Nobody Speak, Nobody Getting Choked. Hey, you wanna hear a good joke? Nobody Speak, Nobody Get Choked. Now, it's the instrumental version in the film. Maybe because they didn't know, maybe because they did know, but they didn't want the lyrics to be too on the broken nose. And about this point in the movie, it's like has just turned around and pulled apart its cheeks, Ace Ventura style, and shat £185 of weasel-faced irony right in our laps. Or maybe just my lap, because that's the way my brain works. I have calculated precisely how much it would have cost to escort T.J. Miller off the set while the cameras rolled. Wayne's World Two stars. Can't
1: we get a better actor? I know it's a small part, but I think we can do better than this. Gordon Street.
0: <laughs> Not you, Charlton Heston. And replace him with a better actor who didn't viciously abuse women in college all the time, scored with an instrumental version of Hit the Road, Jack. I mean, yes, Ray Charles had a heroin addiction, but the horse was the only thing he abused. $10,782 was what it would have cost. Aaron Paul is a perfect gentleman, and he would have been worth every red cent. This, in turn, might just remind us that the X-Men series was begun by Brian Singer and continued by Brett Ratner, and maybe it would be an idea to drain this particular swamp, clear everything out, and let Disney start afresh. Anyway, back to The Wolverine 2013 because colourful-haired anime girl Yukio is on the case and we are perhaps reminded that the uncanny X-Men comics have always been about diverse groups of teenagers and their relationships with each other and a paranoid world of humans that hate and fear them and somehow 10 out of 11 of the X-Men movies so far have been about older white men and the one that wasn't was a festering pile of sphinx turds.
4: And from the ashes of their world... We'll build a
1: better
0: one! Let's hope so, Arnold Vosloo. The hand-wringing over how terrible it will be for our precious varied range of entertainment when the fox eventually sells its toys to the big scary mouse kind of mashed its dick up against a wall this past week when the 20th century blockheads kicked everyone's favourite super-inclusive cop comedy TV show out the door without warning. Oh, now I'm gonna hit you for real. That wasn't for real? Oh my god. Frankly, I'll be happy when the fickle Volpine isn't in charge of these Important cultural touchstones. It feels like they will be better served by touchstone pictures. So the Wolverine 2013 actually dies for a short while and goes back into the White Room to talk to Jean. And as it transpires, it is not only not yet his time, but he has made his peace with his personal involvement in her death. He comes back to life and with this weird little family in tow, he decides he can push forward with a fresh start. Credits roll directed by the second unit director of The Wolverine. Now I'm being super scathing of the derivative nature of this franken-penis of a movie. It is actually supremely charming throughout. I did get a little of the When Nature Calls vibe off it, maybe ten minutes worth of overly showy callbacks to the original, which, remember, came out of absolutely nowhere and knocked a lot of people for six. This one couldn't do that. And I could have done with more of the new stuff like Cable and Russell and Domino. Part of why Deadpool 1 was so appealing was the, oh, this is new, factor that doesn't work if you wheel a lot of that back out again for a victory lap. But again, it wasn't the whole film. In Deadpool 2, just a portion of it, dribs and drabs here and there. In fact, some of the gags in this second one were so much better than the verbal references in the original Deadpool that I kind of wish that they had not shot their wad in that first film and saved these little deaths for round two. In particular, continuity editing the mouthless Gonk from X-Men Origins and writing Green Lantern out of history so that, if nothing else, DC would have bloody well included him in their Justice League roster. No, I'm just kidding. They were determined to make it a bad movie and would have cast someone else who didn't get shot in the head by their own duplicate from the future, Joe Gordon-Levitt, again.
2: We're screwed. Hey, no, hey. I don't
1: want to hear that defeatist attitude. I want to hear you upbeat. We're screwed. There you
0: go. I do have a problem with them killing Vanessa. All of those people complaining that the end of Infinity War felt fake and forced so that they couldn't engage because of the bigger picture narrative. Well, this particular little death felt the most fake, the most forced, the most unearned, the most odd. After the whole first movie of trying to bring these two back together, to then snatch that away as a prompt to get him out the door was uncomfortable. And like John Wick, our grieving process was interrupted by the self-referential jokes. The first film kept those a little more distinct from one another the humour being used as a shield there was always a beat to allow the moment of pathos or shame or fear to be its own thing in this one the meat of emotional pain is layered down with joke jam and crude custard like a huge try-hard trifle Vanessa didn't have to die at the beginning to manufacture drama, her being pregnant with a little kiddie pool would have been cause enough for Wade's anxiety, and perfectly set up the relationship with young Russell. They had all of this in there anyway, and the unshakable notion that Wade was internally fighting the ghost of his own shitty father is fertile ground for emotional trauma and growth, and they didn't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater to achieve this. Vanessa could have sat out most of the movie and returned at the end with maybe a few visits in the middle, which she technically does anyway with her Schrodinger's death. You can level, but that's LIFE at these criticisms. Life really does kick you in the teeth just when you manage to get a little shred of happiness, but nowhere near as many dead families result in vision quests and murder rampages as the movies would have us believe. A lot of the time it's just a quiet, painful getting on with it and pulling yourself back together even if you never fully heal, which is less cinematic. And all those arguments fall flat when you consider that everyday anxiety over will I be a good enough parent is an even more universal theme that would have been far better focused on here. Besides which, most my dead family plot ignitions are aimed squarely at young men who don't have a wife and kids yet, so they can stick their argument about life kicking you in the teeth justifying this pathetically overused trope deep into their ex-hole. This imbalance between comedy and drama reaches critical mass during the final death scene. I don't know how many of the rest of the audience knew that when Wade was dying and kept buffoonishly coming back to life more times than the big boss, the music that they were playing was from the end of Logan. That was a step too far for me, an act of cheeky theft that had the reverse effect and threw me out of the movie. I can't grieve for Wade if the makers of this film show zero respect for Mangold's masterful handling of that scene. I went back a few days later for a second viewing, expecting to be over this hump, since I now knew the true ending. Which, by the way, some of my audience didn't, because they walked out before the first line of credits wrapped. I uncharacteristically called out to them that they would miss something important, but they ignored the crazy guy and went home to eat toast instead. So I should have been on board, right? Vanessa gets taken away at the beginning and then comes back at the end. Isn't that the same as Deadpool 1? Well, yes and no. For starters, we got a whole Act 1 build-up of the relationship between Wade and Vanessa in Film 1. Two beautiful actors with frightening natural chemistry and twisted senses of humour. So when they're parted, it's a breakup, and we understand why Wade leaves her and why he wants to ask her for another chance. That is wonderful and relatable and we get plenty of them. In this... Following on immediately from that first film, we get a span of time with them together that would just about crisp up a toaster strudel without burning it. Vanessa is yanked away so fast, not at the end of Act 1, but before the damn joke credits roll. She spends less time with avocado head Deadpool in his suit over those two films than Wolverine has spent so far immersed in liquid, with metal things poking in him, screaming. There's actually a difference between Deadpool and Wade Wilson, and this film is disinterested in exploring their new equilibrium. It's a good film. I liked it a lot. But it's sad. It's very, very sad, and cruel, and painful, and I realised an hour into this second viewing that I hadn't laughed once, or even smiled. Just as I was able to tune out the metatextual implications of Infinity War and just feel the palpable loss our heroes experience at the end, so too am I watching a deeply tragic movie with Deadpool 2 about a broken man who thought he could heal and then got cancer. Thought he could survive it, and then got tortured and mutilated and burned to death. Thought he could accept his fate, but was then shat back out into the world, invincible and hideous. Thought he could apologise to the girl he ran out on, and forge something new with her. Maybe have a child, maybe approach something resembling happiness. And then his terrible actions caught up with him, and took her away. It's one of the other guys. I can either be angry at the writer's decisions, or be so sad about Wade's life that I can't laugh anymore. It's made even sadder by the serious presence of Cable. These are two grieving potential fathers caught between only anger and sadness. Deadpool makes jokes out of it, but it was Pagliacci with perfect timing. So they didn't need the music from Logan at the end. They had a man whose life was just as fucked up, doing one last good thing with his violent Ronin self before dying. Right now this film functions as a very unbalanced and uneasy experience for me. The emotion is true and sharp and painful. The smokescreen of humour is ineffective and the fact that it gets joyfully reversed at the end doesn't really change much about the actual experience of repeat viewings. Wade is effectively stuck in a time loop of the darkest timeline for our enjoyment and it wouldn't matter to me anywhere near as much if I didn't care so strongly for the characters. Wade and Vanessa in the original are extremely well-written, and here, more than anything else, despite being surrounded by faces both old and new, Wade seems... lonely. If you found Deadpool 2 laugh-out-loud hilarious from start to finish on repeat viewings, and bear in mind the vast majority of people do, that is, your beef and peas and onions plus jam and custard and luscious ladyfingers, it really only occasionally tasted like feet to me. But when something is troubling, I explore it to infuriating depths, and what I found was that it doesn't function as a comedy for me, it functions as a drama with a very dry, amusing script like As Good As It Gets or Good While Hunting, only with a lot more stabbing. "'I relished every returning moment for Colossus and Negasonic. "'I choked up over Russell, so excellently performed by the gem that is Julian Dennison. "'I have been looking forward to Josh Brolin's cable, "'and his playing that role straight was exactly how it should have been.' Two movies in a row, he's been a frighteningly, supremely memorable, unkillable antagonist, and I enjoy him as the stalking terminator, and I like seeing his rapport with Pool develop. I would have loved to see that elaborated upon and given more time and depth, and perhaps at the expense of every single moment of TJ Miller being on screen. Nobody speaks, nobody In fact, if you guys want to go back and do a special edition of Deadpool 1 where you put a fucking sock puppet over his rancid, rat-like visage and have it voiced by Christopher Plummer or Amanda Plummer or just a plumber, then be my guests. We're in a place culturally where Lyra has had to ask me before she left for school yesterday, is Ryan Reynolds still cool? And she wasn't asking about his street cred and general marketability, but whether he was predatory, either now or in the past. Fortunately, I could tell her that, yes, Ryan Reynolds remains very cool. We listed his openness about his anxiety as one of his strongest points, and frankly, anyone could look into those soulful, vulnerable eyes and see a man worthy of respect. Zazie as Domino was wonderful, although there's yet more ironic tragedy obliquely linked with her powers of luck. While all of her stunts were magnificent, one of her doubles, Joy Harris, died during a motorcycle sequence that I would guess was excised from the final film, possibly explaining why the movie became a PlayStation 3 game for half a minute. There is a relatively short list of movies where people died as a direct and preventable result of shooting. The Crow, Twilight Zone the movie, The Expendables 2, Triple X, Top Gun. In all cases, the rest of the shoot and the movie itself is coloured by that unspeakable tragedy and it's never balanced. Nobody sane would ever say a film is worth a life, unless that life is T.J. Miller's. I never want to see the day where stunt actors can't find work because studios are just doing everything digitally, but protecting the people who bleed for our movie magic should be a priority no crew or studio ever loses sight of. What I will say I love most of all, though, is Deadpool's enjoyment of things perceived culturally as unmasculine, this sub-series tangentially linked to the stubbornly mediocre X-Men films is gleefully progressive, whether it be the nanosecond acceptance and cute lampshading of Negasonic and her girlfriend, or Deadpool in stiletto heels pirouetting gracefully to Celine Dion, lest we forget the pegging. Crocs, unicorns, cute animals... Gay hearts, squeezing Colossus's steel highly, docking with cable, and the celebration of pop songs that boys would naturally reject to appear cool and macho and oh so heterosexual lest they be cast down by the menfolk. I love, love, love how Deadpool gives the finger to toxic masculinity, confounding their need for gravelly-voiced heartless killers, maintaining the agency and sometimes scary aggression of women. They are not there for the male gaze, not to mention nudging people of many ethnicities into the spotlight for their moment could have still done with more of that. It may not be the mix of humour and drama I want to see replicated everywhere, Lord knows. Only this second outing had a bit of a shaky landing and it being a superhero movie that's funny, self-referential and sometimes subversive does not distinguish it from the MCU. But, despite Wade's misgivings throughout the whole film, his heart is absolutely in the right place. Okay, good show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to ask you guys first off, uh, how was the balance of humor and drama for you this time around?
7: Well, I kind of feel like I, I'm with you on a lot of that. Uh, I was talking to an online buddy of mine, and we were trying to figure out why Deadpool's mix of irreverent humor and really um, like really hard-hit emotion didn't quite work for us the way that it does in, say, Guardians of the Galaxy. And one of the things that I kind of keyed into was that a lot of the central joke of Deadpool, which you sort of touched on with the way they were borrowing from, say, Logan, is that a lot of Deadpool's joke is, eh, none of this shit really matters. Whereas with, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's everything and everyone matters. And I I think that kind of feeds into it. Um, Also, I, I just was put off the back foot. Right off of the you know opening with Vanessa being uh, being killed off because that was like one of the one things I was like man they'd better not fridge her when the first movie came out and then sure enough ten minutes in they fridged her
0: I was like well shit I've talked to people Damn. who were like they'd better not kill Vanessa so I couldn't say anything apart from so listen to our podcast once you've heard you've seen the movie because God. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I, by the time the opening credits started, I was furious. I was sat there with my arms folded and my teeth gritted going, they'd better pull something fucking incredible out of the bag here. Did they? Um. Hmm. For me, I think overall, yes, they did. For the simple fact that they were able to pull it back.
0: When did they pull it back? Was it in the middle of the it's, film or just the very end?
3: It's not, no, 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 it's not a when it's it was just the whole thing what you said about it's not the comedy that does it for you or it, it, it's the drama of it and that it's you could either be angry with their decisions or see it as this incredibly sad film
0: it's one or the other it
3: was yeah for me it was the second one and that was fine it was an incredibly sad film that had me occasionally um laughing out loud despite the fact that there were tears streaming down my face
7: There's one thing that I will... I I don't want to defend the decision to kill Vanessa because I I agree with you, Alex. I think they could have done something equally uh, dramatically interesting without resorting to that. But there is one particular beat that this movie spends a lot of time on that I appreciated in its contrasting of Deadpool and Cable because both Mm -hmm. of them are very much angry man pain because they have the My Dead family and Cable's constant, almost, you know... Throughout the entire movie, up until the very end, is I will do selfish violence upon other people in response to my angry man pain. Whereas Wade is very much trying to be selfless, and the the bit where he hugs uh, the gangster and pulls himself mm. into the path of the truck because he wants to. I mean, he's obviously mad at the dude who killed Vanessa, but he's like, I'm gonna try and die first spending a lot of the movie trying to die he eventually decides to die for something but still very much because he doesn't want to be apart from her i i like the way it contrasts those two different approaches to the my dead family i i don't know if it was worth losing such a well-done character but i mean it's a good point to make considering that this is like the second time in two months that Josh Brolin has done I am angry man pain killing people in a Marvel movie.
2: One of the things that I was worried about after the first movie was that they wouldn't be able that Deadpool wouldn't be able to sustain an entire movie effectively by himself because the first movie they got around that by interspersing that origin story within it. So you only saw like seven to eight minutes of Deadpool at a time. And I was really worried that this movie was going to fall way over the top on the on the bathos and the trailers made it sound like like they were going to enforce the team dynamic like it was going to be a secret X-Force movie. And that was how they were going to get around it. But I don't think they really succeeded. And I kind of felt like there was there was too much Deadpool in this movie and fridging Vanessa like that was just the start of it it was it felt it felt really cheap to me and I had the same the same reaction as a lot of you did with at the beginning be like they better figure out a way to walk this back
0: that first movie is very carefully crafted into three distinct sections gorgeous Wade Wilson avocado head Wade and Deadpool on the rampage that kept any one of those three sections from overplaying its hand. And they give you little spoonfuls of Deadpool sugar to help the avocado toast go down. By the way, no one's pointed out in any articles I've read the origin of fridging began in comics in the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern run.
6: I think you guys are missing the major payoff from fridging Vanessa at the very beginning. And that was the opening credits. The opening credits are... The the fact that it straight up
0: acknowledges the Mm -hmm. bullshit, and like, what the
7: fuck? Did that just happen? was was they really kill her?
0: That felt to me like someone calling out a trope while still doing the trope and saying, it's satire! Well, that's just lazy writing.
2: I don't know that it was worth it. Yes, that was a great opening sequence, but... To your point, Alex, I don't know that it, was, that it was worth it for the rest of the film.
0: Well, nothing's to... worth it, because we, we didn't have any real <laughs> Vanessa in the film. So, yeah, like, and, and, it... and like I said, the whole film is mourning. So mm-hmm. it, it transformed the film. So like, no joke is worth transforming that. Unless...
3: 45 seconds of amusing lines, or lots more Morena Baccarin.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no question. And th- this, by the way, just, just so I'm not being gotten wrong, this is not me going, I deserved Vanessa. This is not me demanding things of Deadpool. No. It's not me going, well, this disappointed me because it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I, I was it's like, well, I'm, I'm on board. I'm not going to laugh, but I'm on board with this. At no point in that
2: introductory sequence was there an actual lampshade, and I was really upset about that. Ah,
0: of course.
8: Yeah, the the opening credits didn't really land for me either. Uh, just because, I mean, if it was something legitimately surprising or mould-breaking or something like that, it would be worth it. But the problem is, fridging is so kind of semi-ubiquitous to these kind of comic book storylines. It wasn't really worth all the what a WTF thing, to be honest. Not for me, at any rate.
0: Okay, so we've established that for most of us it wasn't worth it. So should we move on from this one terrible decision?
6: The vibe I'm getting here is that I shouldn't be on this particular episode because I went into a Deadpool sequel expecting A Good Time and Nothing Serious, (laughs) except for that Oh, I'm
0: sorry! I thought this was a Deadpool movie!
6: (laughs) ...that creamy emotional core that the first one had. I was like, I really wonder if they can... Make all of this over-the-top goofiness and horrible gore, but still have that emotional drive to it. And that's all I went in with, and you guys are all down on it. Like, I I understand you enjoyed it, for the most part, it seems, but no one seems to enjoy enjoying it.
2: Did you enjoy watching Vanessa get fridged? I enjoyed the film. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yes, I know. I did too I think that's just the point We're, we're talking about this piece Because you can't just go in and say Okay it was a fun movie There were some bad parts Otherwise the show's already over We have to kind of That's, that's what we do on this show Right Alex?
0: Right We do need to give Chewie a chance To sort of explain how If you were like Alright Vanessa's dead And you moved on like, like How did the humour then work for you after that Because we've really Like if we do anything else We've got to get past the title sequence <laughs> All of the actors were on top form. This makes it sound like I was watching it the first time with a scowl on my face the whole way through. A lot of what I said earlier was very much informed on the second time I watched it, when I really had my head around it, when I'm like, right, so this is a film about Wade mourning the mother of his child and wanting to die and then deciding to do something else with his life and then dying anyway and accepting that. And that's not funny at all. I I, I, so, I thought it was a great drama. So that
6: might be the difference, because I just got out of my first viewing of it, like, two hours ago. Oh, right, okay. But I don't know. Like, I went in expecting to be horribly disappointed, because it's a sequel by Fox.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> so when I came out not horribly disappointed, I was like, man... Because some of the, the over-the-top... Comedy was too much, and some of the over-the-top violence was too much, and some of Colossus was too much. But like on the whole, I came away feeling good. I did think that the the post-credit sequences were all just gratuitous nonsense.
0: Oh, that was my favorite bit. I love those. <laughs> that combined with the uh, the Take On Me moment, which was um, mm-hmm. like you know really heartbreaking and just tears, just tears. Did you all notice, and I didn't pick this up until the second time
2: I saw it too, but uh, Take On Me is playing in the background right before oh, they yeah. raid the
0: apartment.
2: I heard it, and I heard when in the background. He said, I'll be gone in a day or two, and I was just like, oh, oh, oh no. Mm-hmm.
0: The same as um, had- uh, Angel of the Morning uh, is a, a model for what's going to happen in the first Deadpool film. Mm-hmm. There's even parallels. <sighs> There's even parallels with the music video of Take On Me, where a boy is separated from a girl by a mystical barrier because he's in a comic book.
8: I actually found it, uh, I found myself a lot more kind of uh, comfortable and enjoying it on the second viewing myself, actually. I kind of knew what was going to happen, and regardless of whether or not the post-credit unwinding of what has happened kicks in or not, it for whatever reason allow me to kind of settle down and just kind of engage with it more as a comedy that time round in in kind of contrast to how to kind of how you experienced it alex
7: and i i'll definitely agree with chewie that there's it's still a very entertaining movie the the drama i think when it does land i think there are a couple beats that land a little bit harder than they do in the first film because like like wade sticking his neck out for you know for a kid uh, i think that's got a lot more dramatic heft to it than just wade feeling sad that he can't be with vanessa anymore because he thinks he's too ugly yeah i mean those two actors really do sell it but but, like he really and and he and Julian Dennison like just really play off each other well, and i so oh, yeah. i I think that
4: mm-hmm. and
7: again, even even the opening of fridging Vanessa, I think it it makes story sense, um and they and they do do interesting things with they do do um they do interesting <laughs> things with it dramatically. I'm sorry, it's a Deadpool show, um, but it it's just there are certain parts of it that are also frustrating. um I think it becomes less frustrating once you get to see Wade. Trying to bounce off of other characters, uh, like basically once once Daisy Bates enters as Domino, I, I really feel the movie just kicks it up a notch. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's kind of this film's secret weapon.
2: Definitely. Oh yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you there.
4: Body high.
0: So actually, that leads to one of my questions: Were you suitably amused that the assembled X Force was just a sly winking gag about all the background mutants in this eighteen-year movie series simply turning up and showing off cool powers, but never amounted to anything impactful story-wise? Or do you wish they'd actually developed the team? No. The
2: second, the second one. <laughs> yes, hundred percent.
6: I desperately love that they filmed extra things to go in the trailers that didn't appear in the film because they all died. <laughs>
2: see no i I mentioned before that I had it, I had gone in hoping this was gonna be an X force movie, and it felt like such a bait and switch to me. I felt betrayed, and yes, those deaths were hilarious, but i would I would like to have seen more of them uh, and I would have liked to have seen them actually coming together Avengers style and uh and having a bigger role in the movie. I kind of felt like they were there just for the marketing like peter only existed in the film so that he could have a twitter account and have an article on linkedin
7: i kind of feel like both um on the one <laughs> hand like e- even down to the fact that they're literally like pair dropping into a a thing to attack a military convoy like bringing in x-force and then just killing them off because in the context of the movie that they're in they're not interesting is like such a huge middle finger to the way Rob Liefeld wrote X-Force stories. <laughs> right right down to Deadpool even making a snide remark about a guy who can't draw feet. Like, that, <laughs> It's such a masterful dunk that, that like I'm not sure that everyone caught, but it's so well executed. But on the other hand, I mean, I love Terry Crews. I always want more Terry Crews in my everything, so I would have liked to have seen... But then, again, on the other other baby hand, you've got the bait-and-switch with this X-Force just gets kicked into the wood chipper, but then the real X-Force by the end of the movie is more consisting of Cable, Deadpool, Domino, Dopinder, and Russell, and so that's the actual X-Force that this movie sort of earns, and I thought that earning that after disposing of the less interesting mutants was a really was a good bit uh, especially with the the kind of little added thing of of Deadpool's costume getting burned so that it looks like the X-Force colored Deadpool costume. I am glad we got the Brad Pitt cameo. I, I <laughs> either way I I think that doing that was absolutely the right move whether they decided to do anything else with anyone else or not, but that that was great. All the cameos were great. Mm.
6: Yeah, the entire cast of X-Men slowly shutting the door
0: so Deadpool didn't see them. (laughs) That got probably the biggest laugh in the whole film. Apparently Sharon had taken off her glasses at that point because they'd all missed it up.
3: I am so annoyed about that. My my glasses had steamed up. I took them off to wipe them and glanced up literally just to see a big blue blur on the screen and thought, oh, okay, Beasts just turned up. I wonder vaguely whether that's Nicholas Holt or or Kelsey Grammer. It was the
0: whole X-Team. But uh, Mm -hmm. while I was going to tweet, but obviously couldn't because spoilers, uh, can we all just agree that any continuity errors in the X-Men timeline from this point on are due to Deadpool fucking with them? Um, (laughs) There's nothing Deadpool could really have done that would result in the 1980s x-men from, from uh, uh, apocalypse being around in a time when uber exists according to uh, domino that's fucked the entire x-men timeline forever now no no what even attempt to make sense of it
3: honestly though i think they i feel like they'd already done that substantially themselves because i still can't draw a line between when james mcavoy stops looking like james mcavoy and mm. starts looking like patrick stewart because at the moment it seems like it has to happen overnight
0: yeah and hang on which <laughs> jubilee from which generation are you but it's fine like it's it, it's uh they'll probably do what dc will uh now start doing which is no continuity whatsoever that's fine i feel like jubilee must no be a mantle continuity <laughs>
4: The sun'll come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun.
0: Um, okay, so does Cable function only as a parody of Grimdark Revenge anti-heroes, or does he have more to him? Because I feel like I was reading a lot more into him simply because Josh Brolin has that much charisma.
3: I, for me, that the presence of Cable... Was really fundamental, even though I didn't like him in the slightest, he bored the shit out of me. (laughs) And the purpose was, I wasn't supposed to like him in the slightest, and he was supposed to bore the shit out of me. So kind of like Roland and Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. He's there to demonstrate to Deadpool, this is what you're going to end up as if you keep going down this path. Hmm.
6: Yeah, he was a walking, extreme, logical end of My Dead Family.
3: Absolutely. He's not mm-hmm. just parodying the revenge antiheroes that we've had such a slew of, although there, there obviously was that to it. To me, he was parodying Deadpool to himself.
0: However, like, rewind a little bit. Time slide us back to the future there for a moment there, Chief. Uh, Because, like, when Cable came home from whatever business he was doing with his guns and then found his family fricasseed, I I doubt that just before he opened the door, he was can-canning up the stairs going... (laughs) on quite well. It's just Rosie being Cable and then finding this out suddenly made him go, my dead family! It feels like he was grimdark as fuck already.
3: Yes, obviously he was.
0: But but then but- he went Super Saiyan grimdark after yeah. his family died. True. Then he decided I must kill children. But I, I-, I can't see any correlation between Wade and... Cable. I feel like Wade would cease to be before he became well, that. Well, no, grim. it's
3: it's not the it's not the person. It's the actions. It's the extremity to which Cable has gone in order to try and undo the thing that happened to him. Mm. It's it takes a different format, but I feel like it was there to point out to Wade the extremity that he was going to to try and undo what had happened to him in terms of trying to kill himself over and over and over again. Hmm. The point being, it doesn't matter how much you do that in fact, at this point, it doesn't even matter if she comes back. The pain you felt when you lost her is already there. It's already in your heart. You can't unpick that. Mm. You have to learn to deal with it. And the the parallel narrative for the two of them was you have to learn to deal with it. And I think the fact that that Cable's end point was, I don't need to go back and be with them now. I know they're okay. That is enough for me. That settles that pain for me. Um, and I... I by the end, I loved him. I loved that end for him. Um, that that was his choice. If anything, the only the only bit of it that I was maybe not wildly keen on in terms of those uh, those parallel narratives was that when you had those little end bits and Wade goes back in time, he just kills the guy who's gonna. Kill Vanessa. You know, it's it, it, he's already done the thing with the with the lucky token and saved her life. But he still has to kill the other guy. Now I know it's not the same thing as going back and killing the guy when he was ten to make sure that it never happened. But it still did feel a little bit like, yeah. But you kind of,
1: Marge, my friend, I haven't learned a
0: thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little little, <laughs> bit that, little bit of that. See, well,
0: that's that's having their cake and eating it. Mm. Cable's gone so far down the road of anger that that's how he's been consumed by his dominant emotion after his family are killed. Deadpool's gone down the road of sadness to the point where he's kind of got nothing left and then all he can do after that is to sort of grow, so that's why the first thing he does after he lets go with Colossus is to just go to Russell and reach out to him and then start killing people... Uh, in his defence, but it's, it's an em- empathetic move. Deadpool is actually trying to relate to people. It, and at the end, Cable kind of learns from him by channeling just a little of that anger into sadness that kind of stops him in his tracks.
3: A little bit, yeah. I think, though, as well, the, uh, <laughs> I had this crazy thought um, fairly early on in the movie that Cable was Russell who'd done something so terrible that the only way he could think of to fix it was to go back in time and kill himself as a child. Mm. And I was a little bit gutted that that didn't turn out to be the case.
0: It's a neat idea. Mm. Mm -hmm.
8: Mechanically, he was very good as a um, straight man for Deadpool to bounce off, and a different style of straight man than Colossus as a kind of straight man foil for Deadpool as well. Because you're working on the kind of um, naive, every uh, thinking the best of everyone, sort of um, straight guy, and the grim dark hero straight guy, which was a nice contrast to have, mm. and may and kind of kept the comedy more alive for me throughout the um, throughout all the exchanges.
2: Yeah, you've got Cable on one end, you've got Colossus on the other, and then Deadpool just flitting around in between, in terms of morality and and doing the right thing. Versus uh,
0: paying the price for it—a grim sandwich,
6: <laughs>
7: a grandwich, if you will. <laughs> um,
6: oh my again, god, I, they are the two ends of the ethical spectrum, aren't they? Yep.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> oh, that's creepy. I don't know how I feel about Cable as a as a character in
7: his own right because I I haven't read enough of the comics to be sure, like how accurate to portraying his strengths the movie is but i feel like here again as the you know much more selfish version of i my pain has consumed me so i will inflict pain upon others i think he works as a really good like diametrically opposed force to to deadpool's experience and i really appreciate how they they both kind of learn from each other a little bit because like part of cable's thing is you know he's just when when deadpool's kind of being a dick talking about Russell in the prison, that's when he gets called out for his shit by cable, and then Deadpool literally says, yeah, this is the all is lost moment right after that, hmm. which is kind of what spurs him on to to reach out to Russell more. And Cable's very, very unselfish in the way he uses his last his last Chekhov's gun in his time machine, because he uses that to save which, you know, the the I I am securing the knowledge that my family is safe I don't need to I don't need to go home and collect that reward like that's that's a big step for him and I think that Brolin really sells that very well I I do think a lot of Cable's strengths are just Josh Brolin is a damn good
0: actor hmm. mm-hmm. It's just occurred to me that Cable is in a far more personal position to teach someone about being able to live with your pain and not inflict harm on others as a result of it not Deadpool But Russell, if the dynamic had been Russell with these two unkillable dads fighting to take and save his life, that's a powerful dynamic that they were just on the cusp of making a more complete triangle. In this hypothetical version of Deadpool 2, Russell teaches Deadpool to get over his fear of losing those he cares about, that the connections are worth the risk that they will someday be broken. Deadpool teaches Cable to access sadness as a way of abating that dreadful anger. And Cable teaches Russell that he doesn't need to have his vengeance, that he can just let the horrific wounds of the past fade into scars and carry on to better things.
3: I think I had to see him as an, uh, a new character. An original character, because there wasn't much that really, apart from his appearance to a point, there wasn't much that really felt like the cable I know from the comics. And I I haven't read vast reams of cable stuff, but enough that that didn't really seem to be a a replication of that. Although I think the uh, children's home being called the Essex Mm. Institution was a bit of a nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a recognition of, yeah, we know what his backstory is, but it's not that relevant to this story.
0: Frankly, the Deadpool movies, they, they, they're they made by people who know the X-Men more than any of the previous X-Men mm-hmm. movies. They're, yeah. they're wanking over Juggernaut. They're like,
3: oh, my God, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to which I would say, fire the rest of the current X-Men team and let the Deadpool team take it over. It
0: would be anarchy. True. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be <a> anarchy. Um... <laughs>
2: My closing thoughts on Cable were just that I loved him in this movie and I don't want a Cable movie. Yeah. Oh, Oh,
0: yeah, I want a Domino
8: movie. I don't want a Cable movie.
0: Oh, yes. One of my questions is, actually, how the hell do they move on from here? If they do an X-Force movie with most of this team minus Deadpool, how's that going to be? If they do this, uh, most of this team plus Deadpool, that's a Deadpool movie. Uh, Is it not? I mean, is that an Avengers? It doesn't have to be. Like... Mm. It's
2: only a Deadpool movie if Deadpool gets most of the screen time. I think they could easily do an X-Force movie with Hmm. this crew, as long as if they just shared the spotlight a little bit more. If If they had some scenes that were just Domino. If they had some scenes that were Cable by himself doing stuff, or Cable and Deadpool, or Domino and Cable, or Dopinder and... Christopher Plummer.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm fine with this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Avengers is not a Thor
0: movie. Yeah, true. But again, Mm. uh, uh, the first Avengers film was overpowered by Tony Stark. That's not a bad damn. thing. Okay. He was great.
3: I, I just spent my entire it, time looking at Chris Evans. So.
0: But he was there and quite That's important. Shame. Yes, he
3: was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Their, their, their central conflict was the main mm. thing, but yeah. it was about start growing. Steve doesn't grow a damn inch. She's doing a weird little face there. Like, <laughs> stop thinking about him growing inches. Okay. <laughs> The next question kind of relates to the um, how uh, how can they move forward with X Force movies? Um, it's it's something that actually has potential for the future. Which characters do you wish were expanded upon in this film, and feasibly could be later? Yukio. Oh, Yukio, yeah.
7: That was one of my favorite running gags. <laughs> That she's oh, the only she's the only person in the movie he doesn't give shit to. Mm. I, yeah, I, I don't know if that's because the writers were like, okay, Deadpool actually does like Negasonic Teenage Warhead. He's not gonna try and fuck up her first real romantic relationship. So he's gonna be super nice to this one person,
4: mm.
7: or if they just did that because it was a funny joke. Because either way,
3: mm. I, I think in part for me it was it just seemed like Yukio was so sweet and so inoffensive. Mm. Um, that there's no way anybody could be upset with her for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Even if they, whatever internal shit they have going on, Yukio would chill them out. And then the flip side of that was, I was, again, I was, my head was filled with all this, but is this going to happen? Um, that she was going to turn into um, Unikitty and go completely bonkers, <laughs> bonkers by <laughs> the end. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Maybe he's just an excellent judge of character and worked out. Oh, can't I can't and shouldn't extract any fun from being mean to her. Negasonic though, open season. Mm, so
3: it would appear. <laughs> For me, I would say uh, the expansion I desperately wanted to see and didn't get was Domino. Mm. Um, the the setup of realizing which institution they're going to and her line about now I know why fate put me here made me think oh wow, she's going to have a really, really intricate part in this final act and then she didn't.
0: Oh, speaking of fate and I'm just going to say this and then not belabor the point but the next time you guys watch it it's going to bother you and it's, it's,
5: it's a nitpick
0: but it's Cable puts that little t- token right next to Deadpool's heart and then has to make sure that everything happens immediately afterwards over the next 20 minutes precisely the same so that they're in exactly the same position. And then he shoots so that Deadpool can get it through the heart. But ba And then it knocks off the little trope inside his uh, uh, costume. Why not just shoot through his shoulder? Like, if you're that good a shot, shoot through the shoulder and thus... Like, because... Like, it's... Th- it, that way you don't accidentally kill Deadpool because you shot a half inch to the left and still went through his heart. And if you're not that good a shot, what's this plan? That's just not dramatic
6: enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then there's no
0: uh, skee-ball token payoff. Yeah. There's, there's no off skee-ball token. No. Yeah. I, I liked it, but it, it does very much depend on Cable going, and I'll shoot him in the skee-ball token because I'm just that good a shot. <laughs> But see, if you want to nitpick something, I figured
6: you'd nitpick the time travel mechanics because they made zero sense. Believe you me,
2: I have time (laughs) travel mechanics to nitpick.
7: (laughs) So is this a Superman the movie rule where they fly back through time and they replace their past self? Or are they existing in that... Okay, no, never, it's, it's a bad yeah. idea to open that can of worms. Oh, nope, Fox movie. So. He shot Ryan <laughs> Reynolds
0: in the head. I mean, at that point, all physics are off.
3: Mm, he's technically <laughs> undone the last, what, ten years of Ryan Reynolds' career?
0: But more specifically, he also shot that albino gonk version of, of Wade Wilson from the mm. late 70s, early 80s in X-Men Origins, The Wolverine, and who the fuck was that even?
3: Scott Atkins, which means no more Scott Atkins movies. <laughs> but Scott Atkins wasn't no. that
0: Wade Wilson that fucked, what the f- yeah, But it's fine. It's fine because none of it makes sense and that's all right. I think I said this during
6: the last Deadpool episode is do not try to work this into the goddamn timeline. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well no, I didn't I didn't try to work it in there I, I was the one who said No this breaks it totally This mm. like The whole timeline's buggered now
3: But that's okay It's, it's absolutely okay It's it, Deadpool does this He's does, done this From the beginning Of the first movie
0: but Like I have my continuity mm. Anyway sorry Go back Go back Go back To my earlier question Of uh, uh, characters That you could see expanded I mean uh, Domino Like beyond the fact That she's incredibly lucky what could we do with that?
7: I would be okay with just an entire movie of the Rube Goldberg things that are her luck killing people, uh, because that's probably the best action in the movie, or it's certainly my favorite action on either of the two Deadpool movies, where you know something bumps the mirror, and like two minutes later, that blinds Cable so he misses a shot, or the mm. the bed falling down, and then the domino effect of it beheading a guy. Mm. The Domino,
0: of course. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, they could call it the Domino effect, actually. So, so it doesn't get confused. Oh, actually, no. How did Kira Knightley play her?
6: Oh no, that wasn't a a Marvel thing. No. Don't fucking say.
4: (laughs) My name is Domino Harvey.
3: I am a bounty hunter.
0: So, this is AZ Beats' Domino solo project. How, how the fuck do things go wrong for Domino for us to have the tension throughout the movie? Is the thing. Like, she could be lucky in the uh, the short term, but very unlucky in the long term? How do we, like. Well, that's, could... ha- that's how conflict happens. You have bad luck.
3: Well, yeah, but if she's lucky, then there's going to come a point where the. Th- options of things that could happen to her are going to be the horrendous and the slightly less horrendous Hmm. also the people around her aren't lucky so it could get to the point where what's what's lucky for her start losing people left right and centre a
0: piano falls from a high building misses her but crushes her boyfriend or girlfriend Mm -hmm.
6: Oh, the, well, then the, I mean you're just fridging people again, and yeah. you guys will complain again. This is crap.
0: I don't like it. <laughs> wow, do something else. Don't <laughs> do a Domino she... movie.
7: I I do see two ways you could potentially do that. One would be the kind of like I guess rote superhero way of somehow she loses her powers, and so you have like a bit of a Spider-Man two thing, and that could be interesting. But the other option would be just the 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 conflict arising from bad choices rather than bad luck, and I think that. I mean, there's there's definitely a way nice. of, you know, Domino d- d- at the end of act one makes a very, very, very awful choice that has wide reaching ramifications. You know, she survives whatever encounter and seems to have ended up like, oh, hey, I have, you know, a bunch of money and a You know, the stuffed crust pizza was free today. So that's awesome. But then, like, she finds out two weeks later, oh, wait, this was actually awful. I've got to go and fix it. I mean, I I guess that's one of the two ways you could take it. I just want more of her somehow. I'm okay with whatever.
0: They could make quite a uh, profound um, story there, actually, if they're going to uh, lay luck against choices and uh, get people thinking about the things that they choose to do and the some things that we have no control over because they are based on luck.
3: It is human nature to, if something goes wrong for you, blame it on something outside yourself. And if something goes right for you, take credit for it. Hmm. Not everybody does that universally. It can be affected by all sorts of things. But that is the basic um, bias perception that we have of things.
0: I know a lot of people who are the polar opposite. And mm. if something goes wrong, it's their fault. If something goes right, it was just luck. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of creatives are like that.
4: I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself, a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower, and the blood starts pumping out on the streets. The traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five.
0: Any other characters you'd like to have expanded? The more problem Russell with the would
6: be question good. Is that there aren't really characters really, beyond what we're presented. Like, Domino is is awesome and interesting, but that's all she had going on. She was awesome and interesting. And I use that word specifically because I'm on this show. And you're not <laughs> supposed to. You
3: can uh, if it's and, in context.
6: What, and that's my context. She was interesting, in quotes. That was her whole deal. And, like, Russell is angry teenage boy with fire powers. Okay. And then Deadpool is... Oh, Jesus. And then Colossus is still the straight man who... Took a
0: dirty fighting course uh, on the way here. This is what I mean by uh, expanded upon, because all of these characters could have been expanded upon, given backstories. We could have been allowed to to empathize with something a bit more textured, get our teeth into something. But we were very, very focused on uh, Wade and gags.
6: Yeah, what and the- that's that's one of my the only that's that's the problem that I actually had with this movie was that. It was so over the top in so many ways, except for character development and emotional beats, like the ones, like uh, I think Brendan said earlier, the ones that hit, hit hard, and then everything else was like, "Hey, we want dude bros to go see this movie too."
4: Hmm. Hmm.
2: If I can go back to Domino for just a second, I, I do, I did think of one other thing I wanted to say about her. I feel like Domino is her entire character concept is taking the piss out of superhero convenience, sort of like Last Action Hero, where things just kind of happen in the, uh, in the hero's favor, and we see that as a trope in a lot of action movies.
0: And Domino is basically just that writ large. You could say that Black Widow has the same power as her, which is why I smiled when he called her Black Black Widow, because Natasha (laughs) has the ability to just judge a situation and decide what to do and come out on top, obviously, Mm. aside from with Banner. That's a fair point. Was the Juggernaut a source of delight for you guys?
6: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kept wondering who could possibly be the monster in the basement. Hmm. And then when he popped out, I'm like, they really didn't. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't say I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. Because they already did that in the bad movie. And it
0: wasn't So funny let's then. not
8: really
6: it. I kind of, I
2: was kind of hoping, or I'm not necessarily hoping, but I half expected Wade to say that when he popped out and be like, hey, it's the juggernaut, bitch. Honestly, okay, that would have
0: been all right. If they hadn't done it in X-Men 3... That Mm -hmm. little reference there, I don't know, there there were ways of doing it and actually making it funny, mainly because I'm the Juggernaut bitch is now like really old, Mm. whereas back then it was like, is this memes?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Also, it was coming out of the mouth of Vinnie Jones, which just makes it sound unpleasant.
0: I need a pee. That movie Mm. can do one.
3: Who
6: was this Juggernaut, by the way? I'm on IMDb, and he's not here. On the credits of the film,
0: he's listed as himself. Brilliant. I saw his voice was listed as himself, but I'd mm-hmm. missed the actual. Uh, I, I believe the Juggernaut was played by PlayStation Three character. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. The uh, the the, the <laughs> CG in this occasionally it shows its medium range budget. It's fine though. Like I wasn't going to be going. Yeah, this is not up to the standards of the MCU. Like even like Black Panther at times was a bit ropey. Yeah,
6: yeah this wasn't like the Hobbit uh,
0: levels of bad though. So we're good. <laughs>
6: Yeah, the, the Juggernaut, is,
7: he's very functional. Like, I, I, I appreciated the, oh, so that's what you're going to do. You just get the biggest, meanest dude mm. who's going to be the monster, and he shows up for exactly as long as you need him. He acts kind of like you expect the Juggernaut to act, and and then he's there, and then he gets dispatched by a bunch of teamwork because you need the whole team to bring him down.
2: Did I miss him actually ramming anybody?
0: I feel like he didn't. I think they would have died if he had. Like, he's the only un- well, Not if he'd hit Colossus. Uh, they have fought in the comics, and and uh, I think Colossus did get rammed. It was in the eighties. I
3: know they didn't go into um, <laughs> any explanation of the whole momentum thing, because um, mm-hmm. it did occur. Or the so Crimson went,
0: Gem of Citirac.
3: Oh no, not even that. But, but um, they did
0: sort of nod to the fact that his brother's half brother, uh, Charles.
3: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I. Um, yep. Which I liked, that was good. but the the cell that they had him in was down a long corridor, and I thought that's the worst place to keep the
0: Juggernauts. <laughs> Have him in somewhere where it's really hard to get up. Like, he wants get to be in one of those like a, sort of
3: two by two cells maze. where you can't yeah. sit down with lots
0: of titanium hurdles. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and grease on the floor. A, put him in a labyrinth
2: with a, a right right angle every ten feet. Oh, nice! Mm. I like this.
0: Yeah,
3: carpets on the walls to keep the friction up.
0: Well, just launch you him into go. fucking space. It just <laughs> seems like that's worthwhile doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um honestly the, the 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 kid playing Russell, there was a lot of uh his character in um Hunt wilder for the people. wilder people, like, that I'd exported from that film, so I was like, oh, he had that that sad um upbringing, and like i I kind of I extrapolated from that, and part of
7: it's that yeah, you're gonna associate him with Hunt for the Wilder people, but also just the kid is a really good at, at kind of getting you on his side, and yeah. he does enough with his face when he's looking at the the people who run that home, just like you you see. Before the film draws your attention to it, if you look closely, you can see the marks on his neck. Mm. And the way he looks at them like a cornered animal, it's it's a very good way of immediately going, Okay, yeah, I'm normally on the side of a kid, um, but I'm definitely on his side because he's clearly suffered serious physical abuse. I I really think this movie does a much better job than the other X-Men movies of exploring... The, the abuse and neglect of mutants by society than the actual mainline X-Men films between the, the mutants' home and the way they're treated in the icebox. Hmm.
0: That's why it's so yeah. fucked up that the Deadpool movies are the only ones which actually take the time to go... You know, there is a world outside of the life of Charles, Eric, and Logan. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but is there, though... Yeah. Oh, they're still trying to make the Gambit movie happen.
0: Mm. Okay, so next question. If you were to push TJ Miller down a disused well, how deep would the well have to be to ensure he is never seen again? Nobody speak, nobody
6: can show. I, um, I mean, I don't, in his case, not very deep. <laughs> He's very short. <laughs>
2: it's not even so much that it has to be a deep well. I just want a whole bunch of, like, I want the the bricks sticking out at random intervals all the way down mm-hmm. so he just keeps
0: cracking his head and
2: shit on the way down and I want to hear it.
0: See in, in the shitty Total Recall remake the, do you remember? Anyone seen this? Anyone have the pleasure of this one? Did no. You? No. Nobody, nobody it. saw it piece of shit. It was written by Kurt Wimmer. He, he did the point break remake it was like you, you're the guy to do those fucking terrible remakes no one wanted and no one sees and everyone forgets immediately. You're the guy. Anyway, there was an elevator shaft through the earth. It starts at America and ends up in Shanghai. Just drop TJ Miller down there. And (laughs) the idea being that if it opens up on the other side, the slingshot effect of that would mean he would be gathering so much speed. He'd be white hot by the time he came out, but it would fire him into space like it was out of a cannon. And if it didn't, it would still be fun to watch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because, so there's two ways that could go down.
2: Either he has so much momentum that he just gets, that gets shot out into space, or he loses all that momentum, and by the time he gets back up to the top, he just starts falling back the other direction, and he falls forever.
0: Possibly. Like a yo-yo. Just
2: but, back and forth like a yo-yo.
0: But it's an elevator shaft. It's total recall. I think we can get a Michael Ironside situation <laughs> going. So, just just an idea for the real world. Mm. Anyway, so what was your like favorite it. gag, uh, ladies and gentlemen?
3: That one was pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Baby Basic Instinct? Yeah, that oh. one had everybody laughing. <laughs> oh. Although, actually, TJ Miller saying he has the Basic Instinct is like, well, I honestly, I recognized the leg movements. I really relish the fact that I got that that was Basic Instinct and then he goes and farts it directly into the front rows for the children who haven't seen Basic Instinct. I know.
2: I, I leaned over to my fiancé and I was about to say he just Basic Instinct them and then TJ Mailer
0: said it and I was like, mm. fuck! There, there aren't many times when they will flag it but that was one and it sucked. Mm. Didn't stamp yeah. on the, uh, the joke which was great though. The whole like Winnie the Pooh <laughs> thing just shirt cocking it was funny, admittedly. <laughs>
8: Uh, the thing that got me giggling quite a lot is um, the gothic choir during the uh, juggernaut fight. Hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, holy
8: shitballs. Oh, shit holy shitballs shit
4: balls indeed.
0: Uh, which one really tickled you, Sharon? You were in tears with laughter. Was it just the end sequence?
3: Um, I, yes, the the end sequence with all the the time sliding really made me laugh. I think if I'm if I'm going to say favourite gag, just mm-hmm. flat out gag, it would probably be that that end part because yeah. the rest of it, the the humour moments were so tied in with the. Uh, emotional low points yeah. for me that it was, I was crying for several different reasons all at once, mm. and it, it makes it hard to pick them out.
8: Yeah. It's also the, the, the um, all time low point of those, guy, those uh, people in the Human Centipede who signed up to do that film. <laughs>
4: oh,
3: sweet Jesus. <laughs>
8: okay.
3: Why? Why do they have to remind me of that? You've not
0: even seen the film.
3: I know. It's not. I'm not saying it's good, my god it's
7: not oh. <laughs> That that actually might be One of my favourite meta gags Because him saying like This is the all is lost moment um, When That, you know Later on they call attention to the fact That if the movie ends at the convoy Then there's no need for a third act The all is lost moment Usually comes about two thirds of the way through And that moment is Two thirds of the way through, up until you get to the end of the convoy bit, mm. at which point mm. there's a second all is lost moment when he's ripped in half and has to get help from Cable. Um, so I, I think that one's really. I'm also a big fan of of again the 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 just the the dunking on Rob Liefeld was was very mm. amusing for me.
6: Yeah, uh, oh. uh, mine was either the X Men cameo or the deaths of X Force. <laughs> Which, like, okay, I I have I have a confession to make. I own like the first hundred or so, maybe actually probably more issues of X Force. Like, so you read the first issue
0: and you went, "Well, this is a good comic," and then you read the second issue and went. Still good. Third issue, man, this just keeps getting better. Fourth issue, not a foot on the page. Fifth issue, (laughs) loving this comic. I mean, there's so much else that I could be reading right now. So many image-related super teams that are a bit like X-Force and a bit like X-Men, but not actually X-Men or X-Force. But I'm going to keep reading the original authentic X-Men ripoff. You just kept going. Okay, one, I was like 12, so eat a dick.
6: (laughs) (laughs) So was I. Why the fuck do you think I was reading X-Force like an asshole? <laughs> and so I, I was a, I was a huge fan. And then I don't know uh, how you guys are if you ever were into comics. I haven't been for a long time. I just told I you I was. <laughs> I'm the rest of them. Eventually you realize you just buy it every week you just because. That said, Sharon, when you said that you didn't know how Cable was compared to uh, his comic version, he's dead on for very early Cable. Yeah. Okay. just dead on that fact, said when shatterstar flew into the helicopter blades i laughed so hard i'm pretty sure something <laughs> came out of my nose <laughs> it, was, it was so great
2: <laughs> i will say that i loved the i kept i loved the vanisher bits like up until we saw the until we saw brad pitt get electrocuted i wasn't sure that that was actually a real person or if it was just shatterstar holding the uh, parachute, mm.
3: same hand.
2: Because it, it felt like when when they jumped out, it kind of looked like Shatterstar was holding it and just threw it as he jumped. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was a real person until we saw until we saw him get electrocuted. I thought I, it was great.
0: Deadpool two, Pan's Labyrinth. They're basically the same film. You're not sure which <laughs> one's definitely real, but they could both be equally real. And then, as it turns out, uh, Deadpool two exceeds Pan's Labyrinth by making a definite statement on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I actually that may have been the will only. Will never per- be uttered again. <laughs> I may have been the only person in the cinema who sort of cheered a little bit when um, Shadowstar said, "I'm from Mojo World." I'm like, at last, at fucking last, they mentioned Mojo World in the fucking X-Men films. Like, yep. did you read the other day that the uh, the uh, the Dark Phoenix film is going to be really gritty and down to earth? Oh, are you
5: oh, fucking that's a kidding
0: off. me? Like, bring on the Shiar Empire, then, shall we? <laughs>
3: Well, they're not we exactly, are the gritty
0: Shia Empire. They're
3: not exactly ungritty and, and dark, but they're just. Weird. Well, no, but
0: but they're dressed like the greatest showman.
3: I've got two words for you: <laughs> ex-babies.
0: Yeah, ex-babies, Mojo World. Bitches. Yeah,
3: don't never mind all this worrying about how we're going to turn James McAvoy into Patrick Stewart. Mm. Age him down.
0: Yeah. And bring on Sauron and the Savage Land and Oh,
3: Okay, yes, yes. Because that's what you need in an X-Men movie, Tarzan.
0: See, we're saying do this. Fox, don't, don't do, do this. this. Give it to Marvel. <laughs> Fucking leave it. You have we, proved your incompetence over and over. We already know
2: that nobody at Fox listens to this podcast, so we're okay. Nah. Cuz if they did, the rest of the X-Men
0: movies would have been very different. Absolutely. It's
3: true. And if they did, we'd have been sued the shit out of by now.
0: Although, it's possible <laughs> Slander. It's possible they did listen to our shows. Well, James Mangold probably listens to our shows, which is why Logan was so good. So I'm going to take maybe 12%, 12%. An argument <laughs> could be made 14% uh, credit for that particular little gem. It's better than 11%, Alex. Mm. Honestly, you know what as shit as the X-Men nah, as mediocre as the X-Men films have been it was all kind of worth it to get to Logan like that wouldn't have had the impact without that sense of history you know Marvel couldn't just start with Logan off the bat mm. wouldn't have worked
4: that's true yeah if I could turn if I could find a way.
0: That being said, maybe my biggest disappointment with Deadpool 2 was that we never actually got to see a real meeting and a real clash between Deadpool and Wolverine. It's a little thing, it's fan service, and it doesn't diminish the quality of the film itself. But it's one to tick off the bucket list. It's gotta be Reynolds, it's gotta be Jackman. And time's ticking on for the possibility of that because it also feels like it's gotta be R rated.
7: And to answer, I guess, um, an earlier question of where do we go from here, I I think that if you're going to do a third Deadpool movie, uh, maybe hold off until you can put him in the MCU, because that seems like the third obvious joke that you do with Deadpool is... Yeah okay, now he's bouncing around in a place where continuity and and characters and their history actually matters, and he gets to poke fun at that. I mean, maybe that's not actually ever going to happen, but that seems like the obvious, okay, this is the third movie in the Deadpool trilogy, we're going to throw everything we have at it and just try and, you know, blow 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 this up on the way out of the building.
0: Honestly, uh, he could spend a lot of that movie testing the PG-13 limit and going, right, okay, <laughs> so we're PG-13 now for the kids. And then, like, whenever something really horrible is happening, he, like, takes you over here and shows you something fun for the children to enjoy while the terrible things are happening over there. And just, like, play, push it and play with it and just sort of give you a Deadpool film that kids can still enjoy. Because, I mean, ultimately, they've kind of not so much done everything with this one but like h- how many more gory things do we necessarily need to see well,
3: this is this is this one case? of the, the and h-
0: how many more times can you say fuck and in fact one thing there are two uses of the C-bomb in this film when Black Tom who was like a brother to me <laughs> <laughs> I, that that was actually my favourite gag. The running gag of that was that was the only bit that actually first started making me smile. The running gag that cables are racist and cables just being uncomfortable with the insinuation. That was funny to me. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, that was good. But yeah, Black Tom uh, uh, used it in uh, uh, the prison, and that's like like that's your one C bomb because he's Irish and they say oh you're concha. I, I just that's say old. all Irish people are there. <laughs>
3: Say.
0: But rough Irish boys do do that. I I I I fought at a prep school and I recall, but <laughs> but then what when cables, was that? we're busy laughing at Deadpool going full on Winnie the Pooh, and Cable says you dumb cunt, and like the entire scene kind of stopped for me because I was like, Ugh. That's and it's, it's like all- <laughs> It's almost like Deadpool could have gone, whoa, you came in here and dropped the C-bomb? I mean, I know we're R-rated. Like, and obviously they could have written a way better gag than that, but just something which showed that Deadpool has a limit because that's what's great about his character. He does draw the line sometimes. Mm.
3: The, the problem for me is that the, the first use of that word in any given scenario is, is kind of the shock. The second is your seven-year-old, obvious attempt to replicate the shock, which you can't because you already had it.
0: And I get that, obviously, cable is like edge but it wasn't funny when he said that, and they didn't remark upon it. Ergo, not worth it. Mm, indeed.
3: But this is what I, this, that kind of ties in with what I was going to say about the, the, the what is actually a restrictive thing about the R rating, which is that you use it to do what you want to do anything you do after that point is just you seeing how far you can push the envelope and mm. that is not particularly interesting and
0: they did push it pretty far in this one well, and, and as you said they've got to make sure that bros watch this movie and that unfortunately that's a crude master to serve yeah you know but there's a whole
6: lot of crude like the whole shirt cocking thing <laughs> apparently I'm I'm just in the minority here on lots of stuff because that whole sequence I was like that's un- completely
0: unnecessary <laughs> Really? And not, I mean, I obviously, not- it wasn't necessary. It like, I need this scene. It's necessary. I didn't,
6: I didn't find that that funny at all. Past the part where it, there's she reaches down and goes, uh, oh, and then there's the first shot of him with baby legs. After that, I was like, all right, we get. Oh, Jesus. All right. It's not. OK. We're Folks at home this, right, for, who, who might it. not
0: know people by their voices. This is Chewie, the only one who laughed like a drain the whole way through. I believe you I laughed at Vanessa's funeral. Just rib-tickling yourself as Vanessa was lowered into the ground.
6: <laughs> and and aroused. Let's not forget that part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and as Silly Dion was singing, <laughs> You weren't crying, son. You were crying with laughter. Mom was elbowing me. Will you shut up? This is sad. Like, ah.
3: You can tell it's sad. Listen to the music.
0: That's right. Yeah. So when Bambi's mom was shot, when did you stop laughing? <laughs>
6: Uh, last week, actually. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, I had another idea for Deadpool 3. Uh-oh. Exactly. <laughs> so, when Marvel gets the rights to everything back, and do a Deadpool 3 that's, that's MCU compatible, mm-hmm. but don't make it part of the MCU, but give Deadpool access to Disney. <sighs> he can jump around between Marvel things, between Star Wars things, between... Animated things. He can show up in Toy Story. Oh my God! It'll be brilliant.
0: Deadpool That's not a bad idea. A Disney story. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that that I'd say like do that after the MCU one. Make it Deadpool mm-hmm. Forever.
3: Oh my oh. God! If they just if they <laughs> just course. start using him as like a little Where's Wally character and he just turns up in the background in just little bits in every single Disney film. There's even on a on way
0: in. he could do it. Just give him the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> and there he is. And he's like, back, and on it goes.
5: Uh, As he is training the Padawans, we pan outside of the control uh, window to a nearby asteroid where we see, and please allow me to finish this because it's going to seem like a bit of a jump, we see Thanos who was the oh, villain on. teased at the end of the first Avengers movie. Now, Thanos, as you know, owns the Infinity Gauntlet, which has the time gem, the mind gem, the power gem, the space gem, and the reality gem. If he holds the reality gem, that means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from to the Marvel Universe from the Star Wars universe. Uh, we then cut to Earth, uh, Tony Stark... Uh, realizes uh, that there is Tony Stark realizes that 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 there is a Tony Stark I know who that is this is the first person I've known. Tony Stark realizes, I, I do not recognize uh, the chair. Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in, in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, J. Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this.
0: And actually animate him in the classical 90s Disney style pantsing beast during that particular <laughs> ballroom scene. Just beautiful Glen Keen animation on Deadpool. It would be wonderful.
3: Just make him a toy in the background of Toy Story 4.
0: <laughs> just, just
3: sitting on the end of Andy's bed.
0: The, there is virtually limitless. But again, they do have to make sure they don't overplay their hand with him. Because like, what DC are still doing with Batman has made me fucking sick of that guy. I love Lego Batman. but uh, And obviously Batman's a huge money spinner. But I I feel like they've hammered that character into the ground to the point where I'm not interested in what regular DC do with him. And the dismal ticket sales for Justice League would corroborate that I'm not the only one.
3: Didn't they do Um, like a little short with Stitch where he turns up with loads of stuff? That's
0: where I got my inspiration. Deadpool is
3: effectively Stitch.
0: Oh, yeah. Deadpool and Stitch. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's a. I mean. That's a buddy movie, if but I ever but no, saw that's one. the thing. Like then you've got two wacky guys. They're basically the same. No, he's way better when he's up against extremely serious people. So that's fair. Yeah, Deadpool and Elsa. There you go, Disney. I made you half a billion dollars. Do
4: you want to build a snowman?
0: One thing I would love to see, and
2: I'm not. I didn't come up with this. I don't remember who suggested it first, but it was right after the uh, the first Deadpool came out, and at that time. They were suggesting it for a proper X-Men movie. But now I would love to see Deadpool show up for a quick cameo in an Avengers movie mm-hmm. and try to be try to do Deadpool stuff and like say fuck and get censored and be like, like, have it actually bleep him and be like, wait, I can't say fuck. Oh, no, come yeah, on, that, Disney. That was and exactly just,
0: what I was thinking about for the uh, <laughs> for the third movie. Have him. Um, yeah. Uh, He has to kind of realize it. And so, yeah, I know. I can't even say... Like, whatever we come up with, the guy's writing can do way better. I I think we're just hoping to be muses at this point for better writers. But honestly, like, Deadpool getting on in this world, aside from the actual process of dealing with children... (sighs) It's difficult to see where where else they could go. I mean, that, like you were whoever said that uh, it, it felt natural for what happened to Vanessa was absolutely right. Deadpool carrying on doing what he does and not expecting reprisal was fucking dumb of him.
7: I I really love them bringing Vanessa back, but I almost wish that they'd done something where instead of killing the guy, Deadpool, like you know. Puts his finger in the gun and says, "Like, hey, look, man, I've I've gone through some stuff, and, and just like takes the guy aside and stops him. Obviously, he saves Vanessa, but he does it by having like a heart to heart with him, like a maybe a callback to the whole. This will just take about thirty seconds or so.
0: That actually would have have uh, been in keeping with uh, the the process of what he was going through in the movie. I think they were just drunk on their own power at that point. We've got to, we've got to give him a crowd pleaser at the end, and, and the share music, yeah. and the, the the rhythm of that, and the joy of knowing that he could reverse this." And it was just mayhem. It also would have... <laughs> it would have uh, uh, born on the internet, Cuck Deadpool! Like Deadpool's now a pussy because oh. he's not killing people, he's talking to them. And the toxic masculinity, who just don't get irony, would be out in full force. You mm. Disney ruined Deadpool just by buying Fox.
3: Deadpool's been talking to people for years.
0: Mm. I don't know, but they, they, they only see what they want to see. That's true. They don't they're dead inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is that.
2: I also feel like if they do do another Deadpool, like a full movie, if he and Vanessa don't have a kid at the beginning of this movie, like if they don't already have a kid at the beginning of Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. it's going to be a huge disservice to, like, to having brought her back at the end. Yes. Like... Mm. It's 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 got.
0: Deadpool three almost has to be a like
2: a a, a movie about parenting
0: as Deadpool. Yeah, I mean that's what I w- was saying at the beginning. Like the material was there for him to effectively uh, act as at least a big brother to to Russell mm-hmm. the whole way through. But uh, with Russell being very reticent to, to that, and uh, it, it it kind of ended up diffuse. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, De- Deadpool with Son of Deadpool, I mean, that, that for a start, that's how Disney could do it. And I am Son of Deadpool. Right, I got a child here, so now I can't say shit or f*** or piss badger and I can't say to shove it up your <laughs> or worship the vagina, B. Arthur. Or even better than just bleeping it would be if it was Deadpool edited for television circa 1990. You know my wife?
1: Hey, sure I know your wife.
0: Did you Fun. My wife. <laughs> Fun. Your wife. Fun. Meet my
1: wife. Kiss my knee, muddy funster. You're muddy mm. funster. You're talking bull, mud. You're goddamn cake cow. sucker. Fun. You <laughs> earhole. You're full of number, number two. Suck my lozenges. You
3: goddamn
0: nitwit. There
3: nice. Go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that <laughs> works. I can't there swear in front and of that, my kids. And
0: then you effectively have your Robin. This little, this little kid Deadpool, who, by the way, would sell a billion costumes. Oh, um, my God. And also is, like, really facetious, and, and he's like, well, we got to keep it PG-13. So he can say ass, but not much more than that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's a kiddie pool. Like you will we'll learn from your Uncle Steve.
4: That wheezing bag of dick tips has it coming.
0: Language! It's important to note, by the way, to everyone saying, Deadpool should never be PG-13. The majority, the vast majority of Marvel Comics featuring Deadpool are PG-13 appearances. Marvel isn't Vertigo. They have their Marvel Knights brand, but the level of intensity in the Deadpool movies is not matched by the comics. So I am more than fine at seeing what a different approach can glean.
2: You'd effectively have Bebo's daughter from uh, the the Raising a
0: Geek Kid oh, podcast. Of course, Prince. Oh, even better yeah. if it's a girl. Even yeah. better if it's a girl. Princess Deadpool, in fact, could be... Because it's like Disney... Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs>
8: <laughs> You're friends
0: with Bebo, aren't you, uh, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, so thank you. And thank you, Bebo, for being the inspiration for what Disney now have to do. So there you go. <laughs>
7: especially if they give her the one single fuck in the PG-13 movie and yes. you know Deadpool's like waiting for the whole movie to be like okay are we away from the kid I can say the one fuck in the PG-13 movie and then she drops it and he's like
0: whoa no nice, no honestly bring the age down make her 8 or 7 because otherwise then she's Laura or you Hit Girl or Hit Girl yeah no you don't want it to be like just tweeny like like eight, seven's fine. Like a little kid that the other little kids can like, but doesn't like, but who's really sunny as well. Who like, you know, she's sassy but not necessarily dark and disgusting. Because like, she symbolizes what Disney are doing with with Deadpool, which is to make him a a, a dad. I like I it. Say, I love it.
2: Ha- and and you can still do both because uh, I I've, I've just got to say, hearing a seven year old say fuck is one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> You (laughs) are (laughs) grounded.
0: Okay, so which um, dramatic moment resonated with you most? I
3: have two. Okay. And I can tell you exactly what they were. Um, The first one was when uh, Wade grabs the guy out of the car Mm -hmm. and steps in front of the lorry and it's the look on his face when he does.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: The second is when he says to Russell, there will be people in your life that treat you better than these guys do. Give them a chance to do that. Mm. I'm misquoting there, but that's essentially the, the point of what he's saying. It actually annoyed me a bit that Russell still clung to the I can't trust you at this point thing <laughs> it was true it was true to the character but it just felt like that was something that was so heartfelt and so true it should have got through
0: like that you shouldn't necessarily have to take a bullet for someone to, for them to actually trust you yeah, yeah I know it's, it's it's hard to get through that stuff but the, the the super dramatic leaping through the air to get shot and then to have that trope follow through and um like i mean even russell could have said oh you took a bullet for me and then Ru- deadpool was like oh you went back in time cable thank you so at that point russell could have gone "Ah, oh, you took a bullet for me but he engineered this so that you'd take a bullet for me so now i don't trust you again this is my problem with that particular
3: Russell's going to be a little bit too <laughs> mature to work out oh my god that's it to be able to work out that it doesn't matter that Deadpool didn't actually get killed in that moment because he, he thought to. he was going to. Well,
0: not that. I, I, yeah, that was absolutely the 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 spirit of that scene.
3: Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's that's almost like that's what they're trying to say hmm. specifically in which it case doesn't matter if people don't really die it still means something if you think they do
0: in which case the cable could have shot him in the shoulder and also russell uses his ass pen to take off the, th- the widget and then they press seven because domino says it it takes him 10 seconds and he could have done that during the five fucking minutes deadpool is dying and by the way that five fucking minutes is going to Elongate every subsequent time you guys watch it. It's like a it does. Curse.
2: <laughs> well, I think I think that's okay though in terms of him not doing it during the five minutes because I mean, Colossus was about to rip it off, and and Deadpool told him not to. He yeah. like fully said no, no, it's time. Yeah. And he, he didn't have that moment the second time around, so he now needs the collar off. Ah. Hmm.
0: Oh. God that it's such a weird twisted scene to watch because the music's mm-hmm. playing and I'm thinking of Logan going so this is what it f- I can't even I can't even say it I can't even say mm-hmm. it it's such a masterpiece and it's so cheap taking that piece of music I mean you can reference it but like the music just just you know just a little more respect I know you're Deadpool you mm-hmm. got shit all over everything that's fine but but you were at the same time trying to have a moment so you're going one way, you're going the other way. You're going one way, you're going the other way. It's one or the other writers. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what
7: keeps that particular beat from being both a, a good dramatic gag for me and a really good like humorous gag because mm. if it weren't for the Logan music, that's a really brilliant send-up of the... Because it keeps going on and on and on until it's funny again when it comes back around. Mm. Again, except for them you know, borrowing you know, someone else's musical cue of the at least uh, I got to uh, see you on <laughs> one last time. time. Till
3: 22 like, I won't be coming home this Christmas.
0: Oh, like, be- I do give a damn. That was, by the way, the 90s Deadpool is the mask. Like, it does it, it does a really good job of
7: like continuing to hammer on that until it's not funny and then it's funny again, but on the other hand, you're just being reminded of like, oh, wait. I'm just being reminded of the thing that
0: did it perfectly that one time. Yeah. So. It's kind of like when, uh, oh, ironically, it's like when How It Should Have Ended, Do Deadpool. It's like, oh, this is funny. Except that your whole shtick is subversive, fourth wall breaking, kind of like uh, satire of, of superhero stuff, and so is his. But these guys write it better, and you're having to somehow be funnier than the funny, subversive, satirical... And then it disappears up its own asshole. It doesn't quite <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't quite land.
7: Um, as far as, like, really good dramatic beats, I... Uh, and again, part of this is mostly just because Josh Brolin is a very good actor, not because the character is specifically well-written, but Cable, um, right as he's patting Deadpool on the chest, telling him the name of his daughter, and he's like, it's, it's my daughter's bear. Her name was Hope. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really... Like, that was kind of sweet, especially when you get that, oh yeah, that's the back to the future photograph. If he sees it and it's not covered in blood and burned, then he knows that everything's okay. I thought that was good visual storytelling that they didn't have to draw too much attention to, but it's still like a, oh, check the bear. Yep. Marty's back in the picture. And mm. I don't I even was, know if that's why he was carrying the bear. Like I think that was just a happy Oh no. Thing. That was that was just a happy accident, but the but the okay. second time that he checks it, you know, since he's gone through that thing twice, he knows that okay, yeah.
2: So for me, the the dramatic moment was actually the first time we see Russell when um, when Deadpool has kind of talked him down, and you know he's he's knocked him out and everything, and then we get to see the director and uh, Julian Dennison just sells that, and you can tell before Deadpool says anything, just with a look, um, before even before russell says take me to the icebox you can you can you know exactly what happened in that institution and he just he walks out you see that face you see julian dennis's face and you just
0: go oh oh no Mm. also something that bob chipman said that was really sobering and it's going to definitely make this a difficult film to laugh uproariously at in the future chewy uh was that uh, maybe right, for you was okay <laughs> but let me just lay this particular truth bomb on you and everyone can can really fucking sober up uh russell going back to his school to lay waste to it it's a school shooting that's uh mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's really close to the bone it's it's oh, all, yeah. it's also dodgy ground for um comedy drama it's fertile ground for drama but not necessarily with the constant comedy in there and like you know we're killing all these pedophiles it's fine jared kushner nice line there (sighs) asking to uh relate to russell the kid who's about to do a school shooting again you're kind of walking a fine line what about all of these other children who were about to be burned to death as a result of that and it's like he was a white male who was troubled and then there was this girl who said no to him several weeks ago Obviously, that's not the case with Russell at all. But we are being asked yeah. to uh, uh, empathize the most with the shooter. I think. I think that's.
2: I don't know if that's why they did that. They did it the way that they did. But I think that they are able to at least partially. Uh, we can partially get past that because in this case, it is a child of color and not a white dude. True. um yep. and it, the the subject the object of his rage is not a it's not him being entitled it's he was
0: legitimately abused Absolutely. and yeah. no i, it's, I didn't it's forget not, that it was just the no, 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 I know. Of it being a school shooter yeah i, I think
3: and, they are conscious of that and i think the way they they've set it up to be russell is specifically going after the source of his pain um that Other people are going to die as a result of it is portrayed as a tragic accident rather than he goes in there and randomly starts blasting.
0: The closest parallel is actually not a school at all, but one of those fucking places that Mike Pence is so fucking keen on where they uh, teach you to Mm -hmm. pray the gay away and uh, um, Ah! torture young troubled teens uh, uh, to the point where they're just... Suicide, 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 because you have made me hate everything about myself. Mm.
3: Yeah. Now, see, if there was a scenario where somebody who had been through one of those places went back to it and blew it up... Mm you can be damn skippy, we'd be feeling sympathetic for them. Not for their actions, yeah. but certainly for their motivations. But
0: you see what I mean about like, this is, it's dodgy fucking ground to to put your, you know, farcical comedy in. So mm-hmm. it makes it, it makes it harder for me to laugh at. Deadpool 1, the people who were harmed and put in danger, the, the people who were the most vulnerable were the guys that were picked up by that, like I said, the Kmart Weapon X uh, and you know, were being experimented upon to, and, and abused and um, exploited. But most of the people who get harmed in the original Deadpool are just scumbags. And so it's much easier to just laugh the whole way through that film. They get serious in this one and it's... They're up in the ante, and that's possibly why it didn't work as well for me. The first Deadpool, I watched it again the other day before seeing this film. I love it. I love that film. It's one of my favorite uh, superhero movies, one of my favorite movies. And uh, if people ask me, what film should I watch to un- better understand you? Deadpool is actually one of them. Simply, I suppose it's a, it's a pretty good way of understanding why Sharon and I are two pieces of a crooked jigsaw with weird curvy <laughs> edges but fit together. But Deadpool Two, they take away one piece of the jigsaw, so it's broken. I almost, you almost can't blame the Deadpool
2: writers for that. I mean, you definitely can, but I feel like the the Deadpool movie wouldn't have had to to do to hit those areas and to shoulder that burden if the rest of the X Men movies were doing their jobs, huh. like. You're absolutely right.
3: I can't I mean, like, do it
4: all on my
2: own, guys! <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> this... this you, you mentioned it before, Alex, but the writers of Deadpool get what X-Men is about yeah. better than anyone involved in the X-Men franchise. And, like, these themes, these are things we should be getting in the X-Men movies. And it's kind of... It's almost irritating that... We have to have our satirical piss take on superheroes do the work of what should have been a mainline X-Men movie.
7: Yeah. And I, I think the writers are no kind of like the high wire act they've got because the entire drive of the title character is to ensure that this... You know, if if we're going to call a spade a spade, is is to ensure that the potential school shooting is not stopped by a quote unquote good guy with a gun, and he literally gives his life to to keep that bingo from happening because because he knows that that's not actually going to solve the problem.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. So how how about
6: Matt Damon?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who was Matt Damon? I I, I've seen it twice now. He was the, 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 two the hick talking about toilet paper. Oh. It was Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk. I, Alan I saw, uh, yeah, I Alan recognized Tudyk Alan Tudyk. was the
2: guy Tudyk. on the right. Yeah. Matt not, Damon was the guy on the left. And I, I had to look that what? up. Because I recognized him, but I didn't, I couldn't place it.
0: Talking about toilet paper. What? I was too busy just going, oh, the, uh, the Pina Colada song, the one from Guardians of the Galaxy, very close to where they get led into a super jail in yellow jumpsuits. And Deadpool's being led into a super jail in yellow jumpsuits. Maybe any other song than that one that isn't on volume one. But. Uh, they went instead for <laughs> Thunderstruck by ACDC, which is on the Iron Man 2 soundtrack, but wasn't in the film because for some reason Iron Man <gasps> 2 had a all ACDC soundtrack, but not a soundtrack that was all ACDC, if that makes any sense. Ridiculous. Fuck. <laughs> now my head hurts again. ACDC is Iron Man, for God's sake. I'm not saying like lay off ACDC forever, but like if they put on immigrant song, I'd go, I mean, come <laughs> on, guys! You know who that is now! Yeah, that's a Shrek thing, damn it. Oh, of course, yeah, So <laughs> Now, you're thinking of Mystery Men's All Star. That's a Shrek
5: thing. Uh, hi, uh, I am Pencil Head. And
4: I am son of Pencil Head.
5: We erase I'm crime. Two generations. Later. Doug Jones there. <clears throat> <clears throat> right. Yes,
4: thank you.
0: So let us know on Twitter, especially if you had mixed feelings about Deadpool 2. And give us some nuance in those 140 characters. And we're a school, remember, so show your workings out. What bits of it worked for you, what bits of it didn't. There's not much we can do with I liked it and nothing more, no other information. We're not Chewy, who considers The Mist to be the greatest romance of all time everyone should respond with it was interesting
3: yes <laughs> extra
0: points if you say Deadpool 2 was dot in- dot dot interesting
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the only other thing that I'd like to add is um, one of the things that I couldn't avoid feeling while I was watching it and bear in mind I've only seen it once this may not surface when I see it again um, but the the meta thread of uh, Ryan Reynolds' battles with anxiety and and that kind of thing wove itself into the story for mm. me. So it it kind of added this sense of um, uh,
0: authenticity. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes,
3: but although it wasn't in there in the text, the idea that every time Deadpool went into anything, he was there was kind of this battle between his existential dread about what might happen and his existential not caring because the worst had already happened, and so mm. he 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 didn't have skin in the game anymore. And that being something that undercurrented almost everything he did in the film, and, and that kind of gave more weight and more depth to Russell giving him something to live for again.
0: Yeah. This is what I mean about uh, Pagliacci with perfect timing. You know those theatre masks with the smiley face and the sad face? It felt like he had discarded the sad face mask and just was holding up the smiley face mask the whole way through the film and Mm. underneath he was weeping.
3: Absolutely. And and as somebody who experiences a lot of anxiety in a lot of circumstances, that's what you do because part of what exacerbates the anxiety is the fear that people will know how anxious you're feeling. Yeah.
1: Talking away, oh, I don't know what I'm to say, I'll say it anyway. Today is another day to find you. Shying away I'll be coming for your love, okay? And take on Just to play my worries away You're all the things I've got to remember You're shying away I'll be coming for you anyway Take on
0: So that's Comedy Deadpool, a fly <laughs> slapper if we ever did watch one or two. Uh, folks, can you tell us where you, we can find your stuff? So start with Brendan.
7: Yeah, you can find me on synapse.co. That's C I N A P S E dot CO. Also occasionally on normannerd.blogspot.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at BLC Agnew
0: your hype my girl
7: just turned
4: up. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> okay
7: she i'm sorry she's 13 months old and we just we just can't stop her from speaking and running around the house and being joyous it's 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 a burden
2: don't ever apologize for the joy of babies brendan
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh the man whose favorite family comedy is grave of the fireflies jason Chewy slate where can people find your work
6: I didn't get that reference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Flying monkeys. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Logan was
6: my favorite family comedy, though. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, you can find me all over the internet as The Manapool. I have a Magic the Gathering podcast at themanapool.com, and I do video game streams and stuff on YouTube and Twitch as
0: The Manapool. That's also the Twitter account. So thank you very, very much to Jesse Ferguson. Happy to be here. Kieran Datchler. Thanks for having me. Brendan Agnew. My pleasure as always. And Jason Chewy Slate, whose childhood favourite movie was Watership Down. (laughs) Not just for the bunnies, for the laughter. (laughs) That's all from us. I've been Alex Shaw.
3: I've been Sharon Shaw. And School's
0: Schools out. Out.
4: What's left to say These prayers aren't working anymore Every word shut down in flames What's left to do With these broken pieces On the floor I'm losing my voice Calling on you. Cause I've been shaking, I've been bending backwards till I'm grown. Watching all these dreams go up in. need you here
0: I've got a branding. Hang <laughs> on, let me just uh...
8: And I this do This is have... a serious enterprise. We analyze everything.
2: <laughs> and you're, you're back checking in Fox news.
6: Oh. Uh... And I Oh have... my god. Motherfucker.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, fake Fox and friends. <laughs>
2: Did I break Sharon again? <laughs>
0: yes.
4: <sighs>
0: <sighs> and I just need to wait for it—quiet, and peace, and silence. Hold on
6: it's not
4: worth
6: it I'm trying so hard not to keep interrupting you on purpose just to pick you up I'm trying so hard
2: this is is our own version of Wade's death scene y'all it is
4: yeah you
0: keep doing it until it's funny again right well let me tell you what I was going to say which is that you're listening (laughs) that wasn't me oh
4: god I might have
0: to leave the room. No, no, listen, listen. I'm trying, I just gotta get it said.